Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Well, good morning. Got a couple of things that I want to talk about before I start talking about Scripture. Um, The first one is... Frank and Michelle Clark had a seven-pound baby this morning at about four o'clock in the morning. Another little girl. They produce beautiful little girls. Josie Evangeline, is that right? Evangeline, is that, does anybody in the know know? That is correct. Josie Evangeline. Frank came up with that name, I'm pretty sure. The Lord came up with that name. I'm corrected by my daughter again. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. The second thing I want to talk about before we get to Hebrews chapter 11 is by January, the goal is we're going to, this will be a new sanctuary. By January. That's four months that we'll bust down these walls and be able to sit all of us in one service and that's going to be fun i'm going to enjoy you guys getting crazy (laughs) with the lord all together it's going to be it's going to be a great time um so the reason i say that is you'll probably see changes every week don't complain please especially to me complain to everybody else if you want but I'll just get an attitude. <laughs> That's not true. I won't do that. Well, it's not altogether true. <laughs> this morning we're going to continue. We start, kind of started Wednesday night just talking about some of the personalities that are in Scripture uh, that we kind of want to look at and figure out why God put these personalities in there, why he showed us who they were so that w- what we could learn from them. And we started really with two foundational things. Three, let's, say, let's go ahead and go with three. The, the first being this is that so oftentimes when we look at biblical characters, we look at them as some type of superhero. You know, it's... Uh, Captain America or Superman or Batman that we've got here in the scriptures and we're reading about them versus somebody that is a real human being like you and I. We look at them differently and that's not why they are placed in scripture. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11, the title oftentimes at the top of your, of your uh, page is Fathers of the Faith. And it is a you know, a, a recording of these fathers of the faith so that we can learn how to walk like they walk, right? And if you're a father, you can't be a father unless you have sons and daughters. And so if we're calling them fathers of the faith, then we need to call ourselves sons and daughters of the faith who would and should become at some point through maturity fathers and mothers of the faith. That makes sense? And so this is this this passing on 
of what these folks had in Scripture versus looking at them and gazing at them and thinking that whatever they had is untouchable and, and, and certainly couldn't apply to, to my life. And so to start this passage of Scripture as we get into it, as we move to Genesis, I want to start with the foundation that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hebrews 13, 8, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so when we come into it, we come into it from that perspective. The other perspective I want to come at you with, this might be more than three. I might be going into four. But is that God's got a plan for you. His desire for you is good. Say that with me out loud. God's desire for me is good. I believe that. So when we think that thought, as we gaze at really three characters, Cain and Abel and Noah, that's written here about in Hebrews, starts off in Hebrews 11, 1 through 7. We're going to look at what they had and begin to apply that to ourselves. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance or assurance or realization of things hoped for, the evidence or confidence or conviction of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. It was the testimony of those who go before us. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That would be creation, if anybody is questioning that. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which were, vi uh, were visible. And so, the invisible realm is there. It was God who created the visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. If you've got that, I want you to underline that. And you know, when we go to Genesis chapter 4, we're going to see there's not a whole lot written about Abel. We don't know a lot of information about Abel. But this we do know, Cain killed him. He killed him, and God was pleased with Abel and not Cain. So what did Cain do? Cain, I mean, what did Abel do? Abel did exactly what God asked him to. God was a witness to the heart of Abel and to his lifestyle, what he chose to do. And God said that it was righteous. And because he was righteous and chose God's way, God says about Abel that even when he's dead, that testimony still speaks to you and me. What testimony? The testimony that Abel did what God said do. He agreed with God. That is all Abel did. 
He agreed with God. Okay? Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. All these are put together with this common theme. He was, he was taken away and was not put to death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. One thing Enoch was known about, he was taken and he pleased God. He agreed with God. He did what God said. Verse 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's, let's say this verse out loud together. It's important that you grab hold of it because it applies to you and me. But without faith, say it with me, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so this whole passage of Scripture is giving you the, the passageway or the pathway of pleasing God. And that is just agreeing with him. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, that's, excuse me, verse 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And so Noah got information that nobody else had. He got a glimpse of his future. How many of you would like to kind of somehow get an advance warning of what's coming up next? That you're, you're facing this next? That's the, that's the thing that's tied to Noah. That he was righteous, that he pleased God, and that he got information that normally he, he, he wouldn't have or a normal person wouldn't have. Now listen to this. A word of knowledge in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and 14 when it's talking about the spiritual gifts is getting information, it's a spiritual gift, that you get information that you shouldn't have. Yeah. It's the same thing that happened in, with Noah is available to the church because of the grace of God, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because of the power of God that lives within you. God says about you and me, it is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus said that because when I go away, the Spirit's coming. I'm coming in spirit. I'm going to indwell with you, and you're going to have power that maybe other people didn't have in the Old Testament. So many didn't have. You're going to have that ability to walk with me and to please me. And so the common thread here is, that they please God. So let's turn, if we're going to look at the story of Cain and Abel, let's look at it in chapter 4 of Genesis. So we want to look at this faith 
that the author of Hebrews was pointing to right off the bat. He said, now Adam and Eve got together and hooked up on a Friday night. It was date night. <laughs> he took her out to a nice meal. No, he didn't say that. But he knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, which is the firstborn of all creation. And she said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Very, very positive livelihoods. And in the process of time, as time went by, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. If, I had, if you have a Bible, I'd underline very angry. And he had this angry look on his face. His countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fell? There's a lot of different theologians who talk about this scripture. Why did Abel's offering get accepted and why did Cain's get rejected? Well, you know, there, there's some good ideas. Uh, one of them is that, that uh, God, after Adam and Eve had fallen, you know, he took the, they were decorated with leaves, and he got the poison ivy off of them, and he, and he went and got a sheep, and he, he, cut the, he cut the lamb, and he prepared them clothes, and he covered them, Right? And so a lot of times that is referred to in Scripture as, as the, as the uh, way God wanted it done. And that is a possibility because that's what Abel brought. Abel brought the, you know, the, the meat. That is a possibility, but oftentimes theologians just say that Cain's heart wasn't right. That Abel's heart was right before God. Abel came to God wanting to know God, wanted to be in intimacy with God, but most of all, he wanted to be in agreement with God. And because he wanted to be in agreement with God, if God said it, Abel wanted to do it. If, if, if it was God's way, Abel wanted to align himself with God. Cain's heart wasn't right. Very possibly. And God knew the condition of Cain's heart. And so when Cain came and brought it, he, it even if it was supposed to be the, the meat offering, and Cain brings the grain offering, the bottom line is Cain wanted to do things the way he wanted to do them, and he had a heart that wanted to demand that God receive it, and then God didn't receive it because Cain's heart wasn't right, and God says to him, I'm going to reject your offering. And then Cain got ticked, <laughs> which just shows you his condition. 
Now, what I want you to see in the following passages is I want you to see the love of God because actually sometimes we can see it as God giving us an ultimatum, and it somewhat has an ultimatum on it because it's this. It's do things my way and you'll be blessed. Do things your way and not my way, and there's going to be consequences to that as well, and you're not going to like them. So please, 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 please choose my way. You can hear that in these passages of Scripture as God has conversation with Cain. Why are you angry, and why do you have that look on your face? If you do well, will you not be accepted? He's just, he's just proclaiming the obvious. And if you not, do not do well... Sin lies at the door. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Its desire. Sin's desire. Sin's desire. Now, this passage gives us the picture from God's perspective of a demonic influence. It has, it's crouched. It lies. It's in wait. It's poised, it's ready to pounce. But the instruction is to lord over it. What is about to pounce? Sin. What is sin? I want to do it my way. That's all the sin was. I'm not lining up with your way. I'm, I'm, I'm resisting what you want me to do. And I'm going to do it. The way I want to do it. I want what I want when I want it. Basically, that's all the sin is. Now, here is what we do as believers. What we do as believers is we have this mindset about what we think sin is. We think, boy, I made a mistake. You know, I probably shouldn't think that way. I probably shouldn't have said that. You know, that's probably... Not the right thing to do. And we think of sin and we kind of brush it off as, yeah, there's probably a better way. Yeah, that's, that's a mistake. Yeah, probably. Kind of. But see, here's the issue. The issue is, is that everything that disagrees with God and his nature and his character and his will and his way is sin. <coughs> And this is what you need to know about sin. <clears throat> what we do is we, we, we kind of just, you know, we make it seem small, but sin, listen, sin is this. Sin, every sin, has, is at its root a demonic start. There's nothing about sin that doesn't have demonic influence. Every sin has a demonic influence. Heaven has no sin. God has no sin. The angels that didn't fall have no sin. The angels that did fall are fallen because of sin, right? So its source is demonic. And if we believe and begin to think about sin as aligning ourselves and agreeing with the demonic, 
maybe we'll take a different approach about agreeing with God a little quicker, a little faster. But what we like to do is downplay it as just, you know, I probably shouldn't be like that. I probably should do something different. And we don't realize that the root of everything that disagrees with God is hellish. And this is what he says. That hellish thought that says, I can agree with God or I don't have to agree with God. Nah. You know, give, give or take. It's close. That is what is crouching at your door. That thought that you don't have to align with God. Be careful. Be careful. Don't be thinking that you don't have to align with God. Don't be chewing on the idea that you don't have to align with God. Don't be chewing on the idea that it's okay to sin or to do it your way even though God says do it a different way. Don't be chewing on that because it's crouching and it wants to devour you. You should lord over what? Lord over the idea that you don't have to agree with God. Right? Golly. It just gets quiet in here when I start doing this. Watch. If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door, and sin's desire is to kill, steal, and destroy God's destiny in your life. Sin's desire is to keep you out of God's best for you. Rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel. So the next verse, 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, said, Brother, let's take a walk. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, Then God, L-O-R-D, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh, said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? That sounds smart adequately. If I asked Nathan something like that, and he came back with that response, it'd be dangerous. (laughs) And he said, What have you done? Did God need to ask Cain the question, what have you done, Cain? Or did he need Cain to realize what he had done? He needed Cain to figure out his condition, didn't he? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother? Oh, she said, what have you done? He said, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You just don't slide things by on God. You're not, he's, you know, he's not some God that doesn't see. And the blood of your brother is crying out to me. His, it's voice. So now you are cursed from the earth which has 
opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me is going to kill me. And the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain so that nobody would mess with him. And then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. And then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. You know, one of my, one of my, my fears, I guess, in a positive way, not a negative way, is that I would begin to make decisions that don't agree with God and the hand of God would be taken from me. You see, you can't, you can't, you cannot walk away from God. You, you can, you can, you're saved, but you can still, as saved people, as people who are Christians, you can still make decisions that line up with hell and the hand of God isn't on that. We studied Joseph on Wednesday night, and it said, even in prison, said God, God had mercy on Joseph, and he was with Joseph, and Joseph had favor of the Lord. Pharaoh saw the favor. The prisoners saw the favor. The uh, prison keeper saw the favor of the Lord on Joseph. And it says about Joseph that everything Joseph did, God made prosper. So when I talk about taking the hand off, when you don't have a heart to align yourself with God and to agree with him, everything you do will not prosper. But when you align yourself with God and when you agree with him, the Lord is with you and everything you do will prosper. God says about you that, <laughs> that he will make you prosper. Now what does that mean? Well, in Joseph's life, it meant that while he was in prison, he prospered. You say, wait a minute. Wasn't he in prison? Wasn't he accused falsely? Didn't he have to stay there ten years, two years longer than everybody? All those things are true, but the presence of God was with him. And here is, here's what you've got to, to understand and what we need to understand about this story, including Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, they chose Satan's option. Not God's option, right? God had given instruction. They chose another option. And then God brings this, speaks this curse, right? Who brought the curse? God or Adam and Eve? You're right. It was Adam and Eve. They chose the curse. Choose you this day blessing and curses. God says this in Scripture. Listen, it's all over the place. He says this. He says, come let us reason together. And, and, you know, you've heard me say it before. Preachers talk about God's a reasonable God. Just, you know, just, he says, come let us reason together. Do it my way and be blessed. Do it your way and the world's way and watch the fruit of that. It won't be pretty. 
So choose this day who you're going to align yourself with. Choose blessing or curses. And so what we do is, is we choose God and we choose righteousness. We don't focus on sin. How you lord over sin is choose to align yourself with God. And if you will align yourself with God and focus on his presence, he will lead you into righteousness. He'll lead you into right thinking. He will lead you into prosperity in everything you do. He says about you and me that if we'll make sure that we know his word and that we're careful to do all that it says, he says about you and me that we, because we choose that, make our way prosperous. What do we do? We align with God. What was Abel known for? The only thing Abel was known for, and it's listed as the father of the faith, is his agreement with Jesus. I agree with you, God. Whatever you say, whoever you are, that's who I want to be. That's what Enoch did. He pleased the Lord. And he never even died. The Lord just took him. The same is true for Noah. God gave Noah information that he shouldn't have. That same gift is available to you and me. That same relationship with God is available to you and me. Now here, I want you to, we all know the story of Noah. He's a shipbuilder. And he had a patent on it because there's only ever been one ship that was made like Noah made, right? Now, I think there's one in Tennessee now or Kentucky or somewhere like that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ham. Ken Ham built that thing out there. <coughs> so there's two. Noah's floats. We're not so sure about Ken's. But just think for a moment. My guessing somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 years from the time he gets the word to build the ark. He got the word, and the word was this, I'm about to destroy everything. That's the information. I'm about to destroy everybody except your family. Because you please me, Noah. You have aligned yourself with me. You agree with me. You're in agreement with me. And so I'm going to give you this information. And this is what we want to do. We, we want to start building this ship because I'm about to destroy all mankind. Now, when you read in chapter 6 about the conditions that Noah lives in, what you'll find is, is that there is nobody living that has a heart that wants to align themselves with God. It says about, there's not even a flicker. There's not even a possibility of anybody turning, changing their mind to begin to agree with God. And that is the condition of humankind. The next time that that happens, that there is going to be nobody new that aligns themselves with God, Jesus is coming back and she's going to be all over. Everything's going to be wiped out this evil. Everything's going to be restored back to the original intent and we're going to rule and reign with Christ forever and ever. But Noah begins to build the ship. Now, I just want you to know, he didn't give God advice on how to build a ship. He was probably thinking in his mind, I can make a canoe. You want me to make that ship how big? You want me to get two elephants to come on this ship? How am I going to get? He didn't argue with God about the whole process. 
Nor did he say, God, what makes you different than Cain if you're going to kill all these people? He already knew the heart of God. He already also knew that God knew the heart of man. God knows your heart. He knows the intent and the desires of your heart right now. He knows what's in your mind. He knows what you're thinking. You cannot surprise God. He's much bigger than you know or I know. We have just but a glimpse of our great God. No one knew him enough to know that there was no hope for this civilization, that there was no good, and that God was good. He wasn't like Cain. He wasn't responding in anger or some dysfunction. He was bringing righteousness through righteous judgment. And there's going to be another righteous judgment. And so Noah began to not say, well, what about all the people, Lord? I'm not, I'm not willing to be part of the, that team because that, you know, it's just me. I mean, if I do that, I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to be the only one that thinks that way, God. I'm just not willing to do that. What about, all, what about Peter? Yeah. <laughs> all these animals are going to die? <laughs> I just made enemies. <laughs> What are we going to do about all those? No argument, just agreement. Right? It, it's never easy, and it's never going to be like anybody else. That's why you should never, ever, ever compare yourself with anybody. Your destiny is different than everybody that has ever been on the planet. And God has a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. He has a best for you. And the only way you can get it, it has the faith of Abel, to have the faith of Noah. And that is just align yourself with God. Just agree with righteousness. Right? Well, that sounds easy. Well, it is. If we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, if we'll pay attention and respond quickly to him saying, that's not a good attitude. That's not the way I want you to treat your woman. That's not the way I want you to treat your man. That's not how you raise children. I can raise kids. Ask me how to raise that kid. Do you know I knew that child before he was in your womb? I knew how I created him. I know his gifts. I know what turns his clock. If you'll ask me, I'll help you raise that child. That's not quite the way I want you to do it. If you'll listen to me, I'll show you. We can respond to God. God will give us that information. He's a solution-giving God. He's a miraculous God, and he wants to do it with you. Here is the issue. Do we believe that we're dealing with Captain America, with Noah and Abel? Or do we believe that the faith that they have, we have to have? And that is a faith that God's way is better. And I'm choosing God's way. And if I do everything I do, the Lord will make prosper. Amen. Everything that aligns with him.
And let me go back to Hebrews 11. Read this one more time. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, to please Jesus. For, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. Number one. Number two, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of you who say, I come into agreement with God. It is learning to identify quickly those places that the Holy Spirit says, eh. No, not my nature. No, fear, I'm not fearful. No, I'm not anxious. I'm not discouraged. I'm not hopeless. I'm not restless. I live in peace. You see, when we give agreement to any of those kinds of things, we are aligning ourselves with the hellish forces that would have us be stripped of the destiny we have in Christ and the prosperity that he would have for you and me as we align ourselves with him. So a decision has to be made at some point every day whether you're going to have faith that aligns itself with God. And you can't do that for next week. Matter of fact, mostly, you do that for this moment. <laughs> it's moment by moment, day by day. I'm going to align myself with God. I'm going to agree with God. If God says it, I'm going to do it. How much time I got? I'm close. I see the clock. There it is. Good. Have you been doing this to me? Okay, good. <laughs> um. My clock's not working this morning, so uh, that's, that's bad for you. It's okay for me. <laughs> um, your destiny's not going to look like somebody else's. I can remember when I first got called into ministry, I really didn't know the Lord that well. I mean, I knew God, and I had this incredible encounter with the Lord, and I knew that it was far, you know, he, he wasn't far off God, he was up close. But the Lord had me join the U.S. Navy at age 30. So I could get the GI Bill, so I could go to seminary, which is a dumb reason to join the Navy, <laughs> just to let you know. I was married to Liz for four weeks when I left for boot camp. She's been with me ever since. And she's been on a ride ever since. This is our third church. <laughs> You'd have never thought that God could take that kind of path, but it was the Lord. Five guys in my company in boot camp came to Christ. 
We baptized them. They allowed me to go on a Sunday and baptize five dudes. And then, you know, after years, and we, you know, ended up in Charleston on the USS John Rogers. Got out, was going to Seacoast Church. They thought that I needed to be in ministry, and that's how I got in ministry. They hired me. It wasn't a normal pathway. I had people tell me that I'd never be accepted in ministry. I had people that t told me that XYZ was your pathway to ministry. And I said, wonder if God is telling you something different. And they'd say, it doesn't matter. This is it. This is the world's way. And I just, I just didn't do that. Because I believed in my ability to hear the Lord, and I was willing to do anything that he asked me. He's got something for you. And it doesn't look like what I went through. It looks like what he wants to take you through. And the only faith that you have to have is a faith like Abel and a faith like Noah that says, all I want to do is your way, God. Whatever your way is, I agree. Amen. I stand for closing prayer. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.